have it. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, do you have a cheat sheet? Do you have, do you want me to email it to you? Yeah. I'm not on the Wi-Fi. Is there a public Wi-Fi? There is. Okay. I can go print it up for that you, That would be easier, because it'll be easier for me to follow along. Okay. Because I'm nervous. So. <laughs> I have to turn the microphones on. I'll have Chris this one, back. This one seems like it's on. Yeah. Test, test. No? No. I'm just loud. I'm just loud, I guess. One of them might. video on record on my way back. Okay, so I'll be right back. button, Just hold it till the light turns on. Got it. There you go. You're on. I'm sorry, that's mine. It's all good. On Wi-Fi. Is there a public Wi-Fi? Yeah, there should be City of Ventura. It should literally be called City of Ventura Public Wi-Fi. Let me pull it up. Yeah, C-O-V Public Wi-Fi. C-O-V Public Wi-Fi. just turn off and turn back on. Well, we can always try City Hall and um, private as well as F shows up. But the thing is, it's not showing up on that either. The none, none of the Wi-Fi networks are showing up. That's the because I was going to do the same thing, but I'm like, oh, it's not even showing up.
crew. Okay, so... So did you plug in and then see the device as like a peripheral? Yeah. yeah, it showed up as this. I clicked this and it did open. And it yeah. It's down running here. to go yeah. get this Jamie's laptop. I'm, I'm having technical difficulties so because all I heard, yeah. Heather went to part me a cheat sheet because I've never run into this before. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm all good. Sorry. Oh. Literally, just I love my notes at home. Because Netta had sent me a thing and I had it written up with the project numbers. Thank you. And then I walked off and left it. So I was like, I'm late. Thanks, Mike. And so this is in the Teams folder. So are we good? Teams folder. The, oh yeah, it should be on Teams, the master. Teams, where's that one? Oh, great. Okay, good. Um, if you go, yeah, if you go to, there's so many of these. <laughs> go to I don't even have the agenda. And then files. Oh, sweet. Thanks. <laughs> um, public hearings. Yeah. What's this city one? Uh, 23 hearings. I'm going to take it out of Teams. This is good. I'll just open it as a thing, right? Let me know when we're ready. I believe we do need to wait for Heather to come back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Tell me when it's time. Um, are, wait, are they ready? Wait, they're, they're ready. Are, they, are you guys ready? No, give me just a second. Okay, no problem. Oop, look at that. Oh, if that one falls a lot, I, can I just scooted it down. Okay, it should be fine. I'm short, so, you know. I mean, it's still going to open it in PowerPoint. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, something just happened. Uh, I want that. I want that. Okay. We are ready to go. Thank you, everyone, for your patience. Yeah, I will. Thank you for your patience. I've never run a meeting before, so bear with me. Um, I'd like to, uh, good evening, and welcome to the June 15th, 2023, regular meeting of the Historic Preservation Committee. Um, Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? Hi. Okay, so Member Krieg? Present. Member Stratton is absent. Member Rubrik? Present. Vice Chair Soriano? Present. And Chair Prezell is absent. We have a quorum. This is the time we set aside for public com communication to talk about any item that is not on tonight's agenda. Madam Clerk, is there anyone who would like to speak to us on any item not on the agenda? 
We have one public speaker for general comment, and that is Stephen Schaefer. And just to remind everyone, we have three minute public speaking time. Good evening. Um, just wanted to introduce myself uh, again to the HPC. The, uh, my name is Stephen Schaefer. I'm president of the San Buena Ventura Conservancy. And uh, we just had a very uh, successful uh, tour of the Elks Lodge in downtown Ventura last weekend. Uh, and it was uh, attended by about 100 people. Uh, and it will be on the tour again on September 9th. So if you'd like to mark your calendar, September 9th, we are hoping to do an Ash Street tour of a number of different buildings. Obviously, the Elks Lodge, which is now going to be the Hotel San Buena. That is a landmark, landmark number 99, and it also has a Mills Act on it. So you could uh, justify it just by going and doing a Mills Act tour uh, and, and uh, looking around. Um, the the rest of the tour will be some of the other landmarks. There's actually quite a few landmarks on Ash Street, and I uh, just wanted to put that out there. And then uh, ask if there were any updates on the survey or context that are going on. So if you can update the public, that would be great. And uh, we are updating our website with news and things like that. So we'd love to, to sort of know what's going on out there uh, from the city side. So thank you very much. Thank you. We have no additional speakers for general public comment. Okay. So do I, I move on to the approval of the meeting minutes? Okay. Uh, the, um, are there any edits or comments on the minutes of February 16th or May 18th? No comments? No. Um, can I have a motion and a second to approve the meeting minutes? And can we do both of those minutes on the same, same motion? Yes. Okay. So I make a motion to approve both mi minutes. I'll second. May we have a roll call, please? Okay, so Member Krieg? Yes. Member Rubrick? Approve. And Vice Chair Soriano? Yes. Motion carries. So the next item on the agenda is the Ivy League. Oh, yes, the Ivy, Ivy Lawn. Is that the Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so our next formal item is the is project 230278 Ivy Lawn Memorial Park Historic Design Review at 5400 Valentine Road. Oh, are there any committee members who have ex part communications that they need to report or recuse themselves from this no. project? Sorry. No, that's fine. No. Okay. And may we please have the staff's presentation? Sure. Good evening. The case before you is agenda item two, the Ivy Lawn Administrative Building, project 23278. Next slide, please. The subject property is located at 5400 Valentine Road within the Ivy Lawn Memorial Cemetery. The building of interest is the administrative office building located on the northern tier of the cemetery outlined above in yellow. Next slide, please. Uh, 
The surrounding context of the building itself is a mixture of cemetery uses, which include crypts, graveyards, memorial gardens, and mausoleums. Additional uses include a chapel, maintenance facilities, and a crematorium. Adjacent uses outside of the cemetery include industrial uses to the west, commercial uses to the east and north, and agricultural uses to the south. Buildings, objects, and landscape features built prior to 1964 within the cemetery are considered to be contributing structures per the Ivy Lawn design guidelines. Per these guidelines, the reason for the 1964 cutoff was that that was the final year an architecturally significant structure was constructed within the cemetery. That specific structure was the mausoleum slash columbarium and crypt at the bottom of the screen located in the southeast quadrant of the property, specifically at the corner of Albinger Road and McGrath Road of the cemetery. Other notable structures within the vicinity of the administrative office building include several mausoleums constructed in the 1920s, which are pictured above. Next slide, please. Structures, objects, and landscape features which are constructed after 1964, specifically the mausoleum and crypt, are considered non-contributing structures per the Ivy Lawn design guidelines. This includes the crematorium, the chapel, the veterans memorial, maintenance facilities, and the building of interest, the administrative office building. Next slide, please. The proposed project is for an exterior remodel of the building and interior remodel of the first floor along with the 3,328 square foot second story addition to the existing building as pictured above. The proposed addition to the building maintains the Spanish colonial exterior design elements including stucco cladding, arch fenestration, metallic railings, polychromatic ceramic tiles, and red clay roof tiling. The proposed addition to the building will retain the use of white stucco to match the stucco used on the original 1971 building. The replacement clay roof tiles will match the existing Spanish colonial exterior design roofing of the existing building. New metallic windows will be used for replacement of existing windows and for new windows. The project will incorporate light fixtures reminiscent of the existing light fixtures on the existing building. Next slide, please. Above are the proposed north and south elevations for the administrative office building. Next slide, please. Above are the floor plans for the renovated first floor and the second story addition. The first floor would contain a vehicular drive through along with offices, family rooms, restrooms, break rooms, an elevator shaft, stairs, and a mechanical room. The second story would contain offices, a lounge, restrooms, an elevator, a lounge, and a conference room. Next slide, please. The city's independent consultant, the Historic Resources Group, or HRG, undertook a five-day posting review of the proposed renovations and additions to the administrative office building from April 29th to May 5th of this year. HRG concluded that due to the proposed structure being a non-contributing structure within the Ivy Lawn design guidelines, that for no further historic review was necessary. With HRG's review and staff's review, staff believes that overall the proposed remodel and addition for non-contributing structure within the Ivy Lawn Cemetery results in an insignificant impact to the historic area. Based on the proposal, the project would meet new construction standards as set forth in the design guidelines. Next slide, please. On May 18th, 2023, the Historic Preservation Committee made a decision to continue the project. The committee expressed a desire to review a visual representation depicting the proposed renovations for the administrative office building to be situated adjacent to the chapel on the western side of the building. 
Furthermore, the HPC emphasized their preference for the building's height to be reduced to further fit within the context of the property, particularly adjacent to the chapel. However, the applicant is currently seeking to augment the understanding of the building's height through a provision of additional verbal context about the proposed project with no modification to the plans per HPC's recommendations. Next slide, please. As such, staff recommends the Historic Preservation Committee recommends approval to the Community Development Director. Thank you. Thank you for that presentation. Do any committee members have questions of the staff? No. Not at the moment. Um, I do have a question. So these plans are the same plans that were presented on, at the May meeting? Correct. Okay. Um, is the applicant present and do they have a presentation or can I ask for comments now or? So it'll be the applicant presentation and then it'll be followed by any public comment. Okay, okay. And if you're speaking on behalf of the applicant of this project, if you have additional speakers, please come up to the microphone uh, when you're gonna speak or contribute to the meeting. You guys ready? Yes. Uh, Dylan Chappelle, architect for the project. I do apologize. Uh, the general manager of the cemetery was supposed to be here this evening, um, and I don't know where she is. She was involved in the uh, historical overlay at the time and was going to give some context um, to that process and specifically what buildings were uh, specific to that. Um, at the last meeting, there was a, some discussion on, like, does this apply to this building? Does it not apply? Um, and I believe at the last meeting, we left with, I was, there was a request to draw the chapel in elevation with this, and then also to lower the, on the top elevation, the conference room, which is on the right side, to lower that two feet. Um, Going back, talking with Jeannie, um, who was through that whole process, she was just a little confused and wanted to have a dialogue with you. Um, she's not here, but I can just give you the bullet points of that. The, the chapel, um, she was just confused because that's not a contributing structure either. So she was like, why does the historical committee want to see a new elevation of a non-historical building in context with this non-historical building? Um, and then the height, um, there was some discussion about like a 24-foot height limit, but I, I believe that was really in context to the 1960 uh, mausoleum, which is kind of on the complete other side of the building. And per my conversation with her, uh, the, all these buildings are specifically non-contributing buildings part of the overlay, which because the cemetery does have to like grow and expand as it as it moves forward. And so that was specific to the overlay. So she was just kind of confused on why are now why now as a historical committee are they saying these buildings are historic? Or I don't think that's what you guys were saying. You were just kind of saying they are in the same area as the mausoleum, so how do we address that? So I guess what we're coming back with is saying um, staff recommends approval as submitted. And was there a historical review by someone? 
Yes, there was a historic review by the Historic Resources Group at the end of April to early May. It's a standard process, a five-day posting, where anything that goes to HPC, they preliminary review it to see if there's any phase one or phase two historic review that would require for their investigation whether it needs additional scrutiny or review by HPC or, or so on and so forth. Um, they had no comments on it, and primarily due to the fact that it was a non-contributing structure and located in an area that was removed from more of the historical structures within the cemetery. And they, under their independent investigation, found that there was no further review necessary. So staff, the historic, that committee or, or review board was like, that doesn't seem to apply. So, so we're like lowering that piece of the building two feet. What does that really do? Um, so I guess we're here saying, um, you know, can you reconsider maybe what you asked for last time? And then in, in the event of just trying to keep this moving forward, it sounds like you guys would recommend approval or denial to, uh, to the director. To the director. So I guess our request would be, you know, we would love to have it recommended for approval as submitted. And then if you don't feel that's appropriate, I guess you could recommend approval with your comments. And then we would move forward with that. Do any committee members have questions of the applicant? Um, I can touch on some of that stuff. Um, it wasn't two feet, I think it was 10 feet. You were over the limit on the drawings. Um, and it wasn't, I mean the, it wasn't a contributing like building, right? But it's in an area that's called out specifically for having a height limit whether it's a contributing building or not. Nothing's supposed to go over the 24 feet. So I think that was the main concern with raising this one up. So, um, I mean, that's one part of that. And the concern with the chapel, if it did raise up and went past that, it was gonna overshadow it. So that was the concern on that um, aspect of it. It wasn't just like we were worried about it lowering a couple feet. It's more of that whole, the whole zone is called out. And then, I guess my follow-up question to that is if it isn't contributing and it wouldn't apply to this, could it be a three-story building, four-story? I mean, could you go up as high as you want in that zone? I'd have to deflect to Tyler on that, but I, the building, do we have an elevation? I can't see. It is, it is it's not... It's called out at 34 on the top of the dome. Correct. I'm not, sorry, I was not saying it's two feet over the 24. I can touch on the design guidelines if you all want. Yeah. My recollection was at the last meeting, we kind of said, hey, this is a bigger building. Mm -hmm. We talked about the conference room plate height and lowering yes. the plate height two feet, but uh, not the whole building being under 24 feet. Well, we did talk a little bit about that. We also talked about like the necessity of the dome, that kind of stuff. Of, I mean, it's, you know, being that it was so far over, like we weren't saying we needed to be strict to that 24 feet. It was more of like, how do we make it lower and not overshadow the surrounding buildings and still stay within the parameters of what's called out? You know, we can only go off of what's called out here. And it, the way all, 
three of us interpreted it last time, it was pretty clear that, that anything in this zone needed to be under 24 feet. So that's where, you know, we just, I mean, it'd be good if we did have that context of the director. I would love to hear that, you know. I think he could speak to that, and I, I guess our biggest point is, I don't know if there's some new people here that weren't there last time, but it seems like you guys decided in the meeting there was a 24 height limit for everything. Well, we didn't decide, the paper decided it. Well, okay. The three of you are the only people that believe that, so. The staff doesn't believe that. Well, the historical. Okay, I can chime in that. on the North Cemetery area because within the Ivylon design guidelines, this was actually kind of a thing we deliberated about. Um, in the North Cemetery area, which is the location of the administrative office building, there is an item that talks about the 24 feet. However, it says that is restricted to burial structures. That should be 24 feet. And how we interpreted that is, although this is in the North Cemetery area, this isn't a burial structure or an area or an item that's considered, uh, it's not a burial structure, nor is it a contributing structure. So we saw and say, okay, so since this is not a burial structure, this 24 feet item would not apply. And this is at least how staff interpreted it, is that this building is removed enough from the mausoleums and the other gravestone sites that it wouldn't impact that type of area. So that's kind of how we saw it, and that's how we read it, saying, okay, so this isn't a burial structure, so therefore this isn't something we would have to go back to the applicant and say, hey, you can go forward with this. They may say something about this, but when we said that, like, okay, this is acceptable then. My understanding, sorry, my understanding at the May 18th meeting, I watched it, I wasn't present, was that it was almost like it's a historical cultural landscape, and how does this new building fit into that landscape? That was mm -hmm. my interpretation. You can correct yeah. me if I was... No, that's 100% true. And that was the question. And I think I, they wanted to see, or we wanted to see an elevation with the new building next to the chapel, because I think the chapel is the closest building to it and how that affected the chapel and that sort of in context, yeah. just to see how, potentially how it would affect that. Okay. Yeah, I think. I think the way staff saw it, well, I mean, how, how I remember it was, there was a concern about the new building being too overbearing compared to the other buildings there that it might, even though it's surrounded by non-contributing structures, it's significantly taller than other contributing structures, so there was a desire to see how it would look against the chapel next door, even though it was not contributing, it was more like, hey, let's just see how this looks, because it might be seen as too tall, too overbearing, it might be seen as distracting from other items within the cemetery. That was kind of the idea because it's one of the first buildings you see when you come into the building, when you come into the cemetery itself, and that was kind of the cause of concern, at least from the previous meeting, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and the chapel is non-contributing? Yes, all those structures on the northern end there, it's the chapel, the crematorium, the maintenance facility, they're all, they're all adjacent to one another, and they're all non-contributing structures. They were built in the 70s, 80s, and then the maintenance facility was early 20-teens. Mm -hmm. So with HRG, did they just do a preliminary, just sort of a, a review? 
but that did not generate a report? They generated a report in a memo basically saying that because this is not a historically contributing structure, it's not near any historic contributing structures, they believe that no phase one or phase two historic review was necessary for this item. So they basically said they want to do it, we have no comments or we don't believe it. They weren't explicitly saying they support or oppose it, they were saying if you want to proceed with this and if phase one or phase two isn't necessary. Because it's a historic overlay zone, is that the reason it comes to HPC? Correct. Okay. And my client, Jeannie, is who uh, initiated that historic overlay zone mm -hmm. as well. So I don't know if that helps at all, mm -hmm. but. I'm sorry we missed her. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone else have questions? I have, do we have a height limit for all buildings in Ventura? Is there? Absolutely. Yeah, and Tyler can possibly comment on that. Well, the thing is about the design guidelines is it doesn't talk, it's kind of silent when it comes to heights for new buildings in there or heights in buildings in general. It really focuses on burial structures. So I would, kind of, from my professional interpretation, I would interpret that the height would then fall back on what the zoning is for the property. I don't have that off the top of my head, but that's where I would kind of be led to believe on that. If this was a burial structure, I would then be led to say, okay, 24 feet, and I believe there are areas that are 30 feet if it's in the eastern cemetery area or different, area, or different parts of the cemetery, but in this area, I would say, okay, this is non-burial structure, I would fall back on zoning. I did initially submit it as a six-story building, and, and Tyler made me go down to two stories, which seemed more appropriate. Yeah. I, I think I was just curious because I would hate for this to be one of those things like, oh, we get this building, so now everyone in the city, new structures going forward, like, well, they did it. Yep. You know? so, um, I think there's like eight or nine two-story structures in the city prior to this one. Maybe, maybe a few more. Well, there's like Salzer's is over there. There's a lot of two-story structures in the area. So because this is in a, um, excuse me, um, a historic overlay, any new structures that would come in, regardless of being adjacent to contributing, regardless of their location within the overlay, would always come to you. So with the assumption that something in the future gets amended here, and I know there was concern about adding additional stories in the future, if they were to come in with a proposal to add additional stories, this would come back to you for a recommendation. So there is that safeguard that any changes to this would still return should this move forward. Um, and on this, well, I'd just like to point out, it does say the height of the new building shall be consistent with and compatible in size, scale, and massing with existing or adjacent structures and or adjacent, and that's, I think where we were concerned with the, it over, like, you know, overpowering the chapel that's next to it. Um, Cause that, I guess, would be the only immediately adjacent structure. Okay. For what it is worth in M1 zoning, which is where it's zoned now, the maximum height allowed is 45 feet. Do we know what the what? Do you, how tall it is now? This building? Yes. Yeah, it's, I think it's right there. The do, I mean, I can't say. <laughs> Sorry. An existing building. An existing building. How tall the existing? 
the existing and then the new. The I think it's 34, yeah. Yeah, I know you said it earlier, but yeah. I just missed it. So it's like 10 feet below the what, what anyone else could build in that area. Does do anyone know, have any more? Oh, go, um, go. Do you know the height of the chapel off the top of your head? The chapel, I would say, is probably like 20 feet. Okay. The chapel's single story, but it's it's got a taller height. The, the ground floor of this building, I want to say, has like an eight-foot plate height. Do we have any more questions of the applicant? No. Not at the moment. Well, um, I lost my place. Sorry. Uh, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who would like to speak? We topic? have one speaker on this item, and that is Stephen Schaefer. Thank you. Okay, um, well then I'm gonna point, do we have a site map? One of the slides? So I published the book on the Ivory Lawn Memorial Park and so I'm going to stand in um, for Jeannie and she's gonna cringe when she sees this on tape but um, I know pretty much everything there is because literally we wrote the book on this. So uh, when I get to three minutes, somebody's gonna have to ask me a question so I can continue to speak but I will give you the context of the whole thing. This is the uh, admin building that we're speaking of. It's a pretty crappy building. This is the chapel next to it. That's an even crappier building. So you're not, you're not, you're not affecting the chapel in any negative way, maybe vice versa. This is a pretty handsome building, good job. Um, the memorial uh, mausoleum is down here. So no way you're going to affect that on this map. And you need to remember that uh, as the cemetery, and all of your comments are, as far as it being a landscape, a cultural landscape, are spot on. So in the context of if this building was next to anything, really next to anything in a suburban context, um, all of that applies. However, in this particular case, you have to sort of remember that this building's main context is a freeway and Valentine Road and a sound wall. And so those are the sort of all the negatives that are happening along this north side. Um, and you also have the buffer of a two-lane road that runs between it and any of the landscape. So the idea of a, of a historic district in the city of Ventura is that an area can apply, and in this case, Cheney applied, to make this a historic district, and then the people doing the application, which in some cases would be homeowners, but in this case was Ivy Lawn Memorial Park themselves, get to create their own design guidelines and say, these are the areas that are historic based on where the contributing buildings are. And in this particular case, this context doesn't have anything adjacent to it that you need to be as concerned. You're all being concerned but in this particular case, the historic parts of the cemetery are all south. So you have uh, the historic circle, the crypts that are happening out here, and uh, the major trees that are happening here, the larger trees, and then the mausoleum, which is down here in the paneling. 
So uh, in this particular case, you have a really, really marginal building that's being improved by a, uh, a handsome building. Uh, the, uh, could you show the south elevation, which has a large tree in the front of it and pretty large window? This is going to be what's facing the cemetery for the most part. And um, I think. Thank you. Yeah, that's, Time's up. That's can, three minutes. Can, I don't quite understand what you're saying. Can you elaborate? Oh, you don't get to ask no. questions. Sorry, sir. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to ask. So that's up to you guys. Um, anyway, that gives Steve, you a bit could of you elaborate a little bit on what you're talking about, where the tree is? Um, can we so do this, that? This, this face is the historic part of the cemetery. And the other parts of the building are really facing the freeway. If he was here um, representing your. That major daughter. height. That flat roof is not showing um, into the historic district. So I think you have, you have a context where there's a lot of separation in between this and the historic areas. And you don't necessarily want to scare potential historic districts in the future mm -hmm. by telling them, please become a historic district. This is sort of the moral of the story in, in, a, in a larger term. Please become a historic district, create your own design guidelines, and then you will know what is being going to be reviewed and what's not going to be reviewed in the future by the HPC, and then get to this point where these design guidelines specifically omitted the north part of the part of the, the actual cemetery, and now you're reviewing it. If you can't get to a determination at this meeting, um, I would say push for a site visit, because at, on a site visit you will truly experience the crappiness of the buildings that you're trying to protect in context, one of which being the chapel, which is not really a chapel. It's a, sort of a low-slung house, if you can go to that um, elevation. It sounds much more impressive when you call it a chapel. No, uh, is, do you have that, Tyler? That chapel elevation? You, you, I think it was in there. There it is in the middle on the top. Thank you. Thank you. We have no additional speakers on this item. Okay, I'm going to close the public comment portion, and um, we can now deliberate and ask staff further questions. If um, before you start deliberating, oh, yes. I'm just going to ask the applicant to go take a seat in the audience. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. And now we can deliberate, <laughs> and we'll close the public comment part. Um, I saw the May meeting, mm -hmm. and I also, because it's a non-contributing and the chapel is non-contributing, mm -hmm. yeah. and HRG didn't find a, a reason to go further with a phase one or phase two, I don't see why we mm -hmm. shouldn't approve it. Um, I definitely want to say I appreciate all the comments from and the questions from the commissioners last at the last meeting. <laughs> Definitely, but I think the building proposed is is an improvement on what is there now. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't I don't know how you yeah. You um, feel. I mean, I mean, I appreciate the you know the, mm -hmm. the architect elaborating more mm -hmm. after coming back from the client. Mm -hmm. Also, I appreciate the 
you know, public's comment, giving it more context. Mm -hmm. You know, I know last meeting we were going off of, you know, we're just going off of what's written right. down and trying to Try understand to the interpretation of it and trying to figure that out. So having a little bit more context of where it's coming from helps. Mm -hmm, definitely. All right, are we ready to make a motion then? I move that we approve, oh, sorry. Uh, it's Speak preferable for, for the, the person who's not running the no. meeting to, to make sorry. a motion. Yeah. Okay. We would like a motion. Uh. <laughs> um, is this to, appro to approve? Or? This yeah. is a recommendation of yeah. approval to the director. If you're. Yeah. Um, I'll make a recommendation to approve. Second. Madam Clerk. Okay, Member Craig. Yes. Member Rubric. Yes. Vice Chair Soriano. Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Now we're on to item number three. Project twenty-two zero zero nine seven one fourteen West Simpson Street Historic Design Review, located at one fourteen West Simpson Street. I believe we have a. Staff presentation for this? Yes. yes, we do. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. My name is uh, my name is Gene Burst. I'm a senior planner with the Community Development Department, and I'll be presenting uh, agenda item number three this evening. This is a request for historic design review. Next. The project site highlighted in yellow is located one half block west of the North Ventura Avenue, West Simpson Street intersection on a 5,800 square foot lot in the West Side community. The site contains a one story single family residence within, with an attached garage. It also is in the Simpson Track Historic District Overlay Zone, which is commonly referred to as the Simpson Track Historic District. I know it's a lot of words. The purple color on the screen illustrates most of the overlay boundary. This historic overlay is bounded to the north by properties along West Simpson Street to the east by North Ventura Avenue, to the south by properties on the south side of West Prospect Street, and to the west by Sheridan Way. The district is comprised primarily of single-family residences. However, there is also low-scale commercial development along North Ventura Avenue. As you can see on the screen, we have an image of the existing residence in the bottom left-hand corner, as well as uh, to give you a sense of character along West Simpson Street, properties on both sides of the property as well, of the subject property, as well as directly across the street. Next. As a reminder for the HPC, the Simpson Track Historic District is an area of historical significance and value, and as such, has specific rules and guidelines that must be followed when considering any new development. To ensure that any changes made to the buildings within the historic overlay zone are in keeping with the character and historical significance of the area, the HPC is tasked with reviewing any proposals for development within the historic districts of the city of Ventura as it pertains to whether it be additions, modifications, as well as new construction. The Simpson Track Historic District Overlay has development standards that are applicable to alterations, additions, new construction. These standards cover a range of topics that include character, setbacks, height, and architectural elements. This project is before the HPC today due to its location in the Simpson Track Historic District Overlay. Otherwise, if it wasn't for the overlay, the HPC would not see this project and it would be processed ministerially uh, at plan check. 
The project proposes to demolish the rear portion of the existing residence and demolish the existing attached garage. The street facing portion of the residence will be retained and remodeled. The project will construct a two story addition in the back comprised of one single family residence, one new three car garage and an accessory dwelling unit. Existing setbacks in the front, back and sides will remain and are 20 feet, 25 feet and five feet respectively. The lot is approximately 116 feet deep. From the rear property line, the project will maintain a 15 foot setback on the ground floor for the garage, which is permitted to encroach into the rear yard setback and have a 25 foot setback on the second floor for the new accessory dwelling unit. The project will still retain the usable backyard space consistent with the character of the area. The building will have a stepped massing with the front one story portion facing the street and a rear two-story portion. The addition in the back will mirror the existing residence and design materials and fenestration type and pattern and includes matching stucco clad exterior walls and hip roofs covered with composition shingles. These design features are all compatible and consistent with the character of residences throughout the district. Two-story residences are not common with the, within the Simpson tract However, which is primarily composed of single-story residences constructed between 1925 and roughly 1930. However, the proposed two-story addition would be set back from the street behind the existing one-story volume in the front. This step massing would help to minimize the visual impact of the new construction on the district as being viewed from the street. The city's historic consultant, HRG, uh, conducted the phase two impact assessment report and concluded the proposal is consistent with the development standards of the Simpson Historic District overlay requirements. And this property uh, is considered uh, not uh, constructed, not having been constructed during a period of significance. And given that, it's not designated as a structure of merit. It is staff's opinion that this project is in conformance with the Simpson Track Historic District's architectural and development guidelines. The two-story addition is set back far enough to maintain the existing character and development pattern of the district along Simpson Street. The addition matches the existing structure and complements nearby structures. Overall, the integrity, streetscape, architectural cadence, and sense of time and place will be retained following completion of the project. The proposed addition is for a non-contributing structure within the Simpson Track Historic District Design Guidelines, resulting in an insignificant impact to the historic area. Based on this proposal, the project would meet new construction standards as set forth in the Simpson Track Historic District Guidelines. Therefore, staff recommends the HPC recommend that, that the director approve this application for historic design review. And this concludes staff's presentation. Thank you. Uh, do any of the committee members have questions of staff at this time? Um, I had a question. How much of the or the Simpson track um, is zoned for like multifamily? We do not have an answer to that question per se. A, a, hmm. I can so, look it up and get back to you. Yeah, we can we can look into that, but how much? Is, is it each lot is already? zone that or is this lot zone for like in already or is that part of the application to change it to? no the this application is not to change the zoning uh, this lot is zoned for multi multiple family and multifamily uh, what this lot what this proposal is is basically to add another unit uh, as a single family unit so basically to have a 
be a duplex lot, and then an ADU. Now the ADU is consistent with state law, so the HPC can't look at it from that standpoint, but the reason why it's before the HPC is because modifications are proposed to the exterior, and that additional one uh, single family unit is triggering HPC review. So a lot of lots in the Simpson Track R zone, in R3 zoning district, uh, this is one of them. Uh, however, they're not proposing to change any zoning. They're, what they're proposing to do is develop under the existing zoning. What's the square footage of the existing structure? The, exist, the area of the existing structure, give me just one moment. The existing structure is 863 square feet per the project plans. And then how much of it will be modified? Just a moment. So the existing residence is 863 square feet. The new uh, garages would be 655 square feet. The new uh, ADU would be 612 square feet. And then there's an external stair at 98 square feet. Okay, thank you. And the street view will remain the facade of the existing structure will remain the same because with, they're with the exception of, with the, exception of the, with the, of the attached garage. garage yeah except for the garage okay and how far is that setback where it goes up to two stories how far off the street the setback for that second story volume it is that question may be more appropriate for the applicant. Okay. Um, it's set back further than the 20-foot front yard setback, but uh, just from quick scan of the project plans, it looks like it's set back approximately 40 feet, maybe a little bit more than 40 feet from okay. the street. Thank you. Do you have any more questions of staff? Yes. No. Is the applicant here? And just for oh, uh, the HPCs, my apologies. Uh, the entire uh, Simpson Track uh, District, all the lots are zoned for multifamily. They're all in the R3 zoning district, with yes, the exception okay. of the commercial along North Ventura Avenue. And this structure was built in 1941 outside? I think it said 1941. Outs this structure was built uh, outside of the 1925-1930 yeah. uh, period um, that identified by the consultant. Um, let's see. Does, no one has any more questions of staff? No. Is the applicant here? Yes. Uh, and would the applicant like to speak? Uh, we're uh, with the designers and the property owners. Can you come to Feel the table? Feel free to come up to the mic. And the structure was built in 1941. So, okay. Yes. Thank you. So um, my name is Arturo Hernandez. This is my dad, Art Hernandez. Uh, we're uh, Central Coast ADU, and just to kind of give you a little bit of context about how we acquired this project, uh, we, didn't, we are not the original designers, uh, but uh, our services have been retained as the original designer was excused, uh, and so we're here representing the property owners. So the designs uh, that, the, uh, that the presentation was based on, mm -hmm. they're still the same. We haven't made any modifications. There are some corrections for planning. Um, but they are more, um, they're less about the aesthetics, anything of historical significance, and more just about 
technical things. Uh, so as far as what's been presented and what, we, what was originally submitted to the city before we came into the project, uh, none, of, none of that has changed as of yet. Okay. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Uh, you did ask the question about uh, the second story, how much it was set back yeah. from the street. Uh, we are, uh, we do have the technical files, so we could get the exact measurement to you, but I would say that it's somewhere between 40 and 50 feet. Okay. Unfortunately, on our site plan, it doesn't have that specific dimension, uh, but uh, it, is, it is pretty well set back from, from the street. Okay, thank uh, you, yes. What is uh, significant about this ADA is that the property owners are providing a garage. Sure. Can we move the microphone over Sorry. so you can speak of that? Uh, is it, uh, normally with the ADU there is no parking requirement, but the owners mm -hmm. are on their own providing a um, significant garage space and also the driveway space, so uh, there's uh, going to be uh, enough parking there uh, provided for any, um, right, any off, addition off that street, comes in. And street the existing parking. home is a an existing two-bedroom, one-bath, mm -hmm. and then what we're proposing uh, is the 600, uh, I think it's 600 square feet for the ADU. For the ADU. Six, 612 square feet ADU. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, so that's the additional living space with the existing space. Uh, so we're primarily here to answer any questions, uh, but uh, as far as as far as the presentation was made, I mean, that, that's pretty, pretty accurate to what the plans call for at this time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, we just kind of want to make ourselves available. If you guys have any questions for us or for the property owner, we can uh, okay. attempt to answer on their behalf. Does anyone have questions of the applicant? No. no. Are there any? Um, Thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Um, sorry, just no, uh, want to add, and uh, the uh, planning official did kind of speak to this before. Uh, when it comes to the ADU, um, that is pretty much falling under the ministerial approval process. Uh, so any kind of, uh, you know, like public comment, uh, it's within state law essentially that there's no hearing allowed for that, uh, but um, any kind of public comment would I think, from my understanding, we need to specifically address the historical context of what we're looking at here for the overall project. Uh, essentially, the AD would be exempt and we'd mostly be looking at uh, the part that's attaching the existing house to the ADU, including the garages. Okay. The only thing I'd like to add is that uh, this, is a, this was a, a different uh, first-time process for us to come before you, and it's been, a, it's, it's been interesting. And I wanted to thank Gene, the staff, because he was uh, uh, very helpful. And uh, even though it, it, it took its time and it, and it was a process, it, was a, it wasn't a complicated one. We were, we were able to, to follow it and try and make sure that we prepared to present to you what you needed. Thank you. No questions? No. OK. Um, you take your seats in the thank audience you. now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Madam Clerk, do we have any public comments? We have two public comments on this item. Okay. Our first speaker is Scott English. Hello. Uh, we live across the street, and um, we just wanted to kind of see what was going on to begin with. Um, Can you say your name for the record? Uh, Scott English. Thank you. 
Um, we live across the street. We wanted to see what was being proposed. Obviously, it's a quaint neighborhood with very small single-family homes, primarily. It is zoned R3, but it, it's really not an R3 area at this time. So I do have some concern with that. Um, also, the views from the street, you know, again, it's, if you look at the pictures that were presented, it was all single-story, single-family homes. Um, the other issue is, is parking is always a challenge. I know this might not be the forum for that, and there are garages on the project. I'm happy to see that. Um, I do hope they remain garages and people don't occupy them because in this area you do have many families occupying one residence, which again drives the parking issues. So it doesn't feel like it fits, um, and we just wanted to see what was going on. Thank you. Okay, and our last speaker is Stephen Schaefer. Um, could we, I'm going to do the slide thing again. Uh, Mr. Burst, could we go to the slide that uh, shows the house uh, picture? That one. So we're losing garage. Um, you're going to create a new side of this house. It's going to be quite close to the um, street. So the only way I can sort of format these, because I was on the CLG board for the county until last week, um, is what I would ask if I was in the same situation to try to make this house more compatible. You also have a list of what um, things can be discussed in a historic district, or what the historic district is, a bullet points list. That one. First one is character. So really, because this is legal under, under right and the ADU especially, you're, you're dealing with a, a small window of community character. So. Can you go to the uh, slide that has all the um, uh, front elevations on it from the four sides, please? Thank you. So I would, uh, no, the actual drawings, sorry. Um, I would ask that uh, this is going to be the new front elevation. If it is possible for the architect to do a hipped roof on the upper story on the two ends to minimize the massing of the roof uh, from the street. If you're looking at it from the street, that second story, minimizing that as much as possible to create community context would be great. And then you have a west elevation, um, which is going to be here. Sorry, east elevation. Um, which doesn't have a lot of detail as far as the new fenestration that exists in this new driveway. Um, and so it would be nice to articulate that a little bit uh, if there is going to be some windows so that they are compatible, you know, or at least they, they fit the house. That 1941 house is outside the period of significance, but um, it fits the scale and character of the neighborhood and the district nonetheless. Um, and anything you can do to uh, and this is for the architects as well in the future if they're doing other projects in this neighborhood, which might happen. Um, minimizing the height, minimizing the, the visual uh, of that second story, either with hip roofs or things like that. Things that they could do would be uh, beneficial. So if I was in your um, position, I would probably ask for those kind of things and see if those were possible. They don't actually uh, change the square footage very much, um, and, and they might be possible without a lot of uh, issue. So, thank you. Thank you, Stephen. We are going to have one additional public speaker. Okay. 
Haley English. Hi, my name is Hadley English, and I live across the street from the proposal. And while it may seem like it fits in the scale of the neighborhood, it really doesn't. If you take a walk down our street or a drive down our street, it's not. We live in a quaint, really cute, historic neighborhood, which is why we um, enjoy living there. And this, to me, looks like a huge uh, apartment complex. And while I'm very pleased to see that there are, uh, there's a parking garage and things like that. To hear that there's a parking garage being proposed in your small single family home is troublesome. Um, the fact that there's a property that requires a parking garage doesn't seem like it fits in scale with our quaint historic neighborhood. And um, the number of people that will be living there, I, I really do not feel that it is appropriate for our historic neighborhood. And if anybody hasn't walked the streets of uh, the middle of Prospect and Center and Simpson, you should, because it's a really quaint, sweet neighborhood, um, not really meant for um, buildings that require parking garages, because there is no other parking for the many people that would be living there. Thank you. We have no additional speakers on this item. Uh, does the applicant wish to provide a rebuttal to the public comments? Yeah. Is that correct? It's on here. Is it? <laughs> yes, thank you. I just want to clarify that uh, I'm not sure during uh, the planning presentation uh, the use of the term parking garage, but this what's proposed is not you know what you think of as a parking garage like some sort of multi-level or like multi-car thing. We're talking about uh, basically a two-car garage like you would see at most standard residences uh, in one section, and then which is attached to the existing house, so just your ordinary kind of garage, and then attached to the ADU is a single car parking uh, garage. So again, like you would see at you know some smaller or more historical residences, just a one-car garage. So it's two separate basic residential garages, and we're talking about uh, this project calls for demolishing an existing one-car garage that's already there. Uh, and we're, of course, like I mentioned, adding a one-car garage plus two more parking spaces for the additional garage. So that'll ideally create some parking spaces for the residents that are going to be living there uh, and alleviate any kind of street parking issues. Thank you. And then uh, in terms of uh, possible, uh, a hip the roof was mentioned, uh, adding some windows to the elevations, uh, that's definitely something that we could look into. Uh, and you know, we would consult with uh, the property owners to see what their thoughts are on that. That's all. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, that's, I'm going to close the public comment part, and we can discuss, ask the staff questions, and deliberate on what we'd like to do. I will say this is the first, I believe this is the, one of the first two-story building for that block. 
So there, it wouldn't be the first two-story building for this uh, particular block. If you look in the upper right-hand corner, uh, there is a two-story building. Uh, it's set back from the street, uh, so it wouldn't be the first per se, but there's one directly across the street. Um, and so these images help to give you a sense of scale and character as to what is currently existing, but this would not be the first two-story structure on the street. And the ADU is just, that's off limits, right? In a it's nutshell, a yes. Thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and again, this project is before the HPC because of the location mm -hmm. of this site in, the, uh, in a historic district overlay. And the ADU, um, it's really uh, pretty much off limits because it's, yeah. it's, it fits the criteria for a state exemption ADU. Um, this site actually is eligible for a parking exemption for the ADU, but the mm -hmm. applicant is providing uh, parking not only for that additional single-family unit, but also for the ADU. Would it be possible, because they have a parking exemption, could they eliminate that, the parking that they're providing and bring the mass down a bit so it wasn't as visible from the street? Well, that would be a question more appropriate for, more appropriate yeah, for, for the, the applicant. applicant. But that's certainly, if that was something that you wanted to see, that's certainly the type of condition that you could apply that would then be forwarded to the director. And in this instance, the applicant has not requested to uh, apply for an exemption, uh, but they are, this property, this project would be eligible for one if it fits the criteria. Thank you. We could ask for the more of the articulation, the hip to roof, the, I, I will say I do did like your comments, thank you, of considerations. Um, and then um, review it again. To make it fit more with the surrounding. Mm -hmm. With the neighborhood. Um, I think that's a staff question. I think we can go there on our own as, as well. Yeah. You know, just walk down Simpson. I have driven the street yeah. a few times and just get a feel for the area. Yeah. They're small houses. Mm hmm And small lots. And mm -hmm. It's a lot of house to put on those. So. Or a lot of three houses. So. Mm-hmm. Is it three living spaces total? Because there's the ADU, there's the single family. So the applicant is proposing, in addition to the existing single family, one yeah. additional single family residence, and then one accessory dwelling unit that would be attached. And the ADU is permitted by state law, and given due to the R3 zoning district, which permits uh, it's multiple family uh, zoning district, uh, this lot can develop with an additional single-family dwelling unit. The, uh, one of the biggest uh, development hurdles is parking, and mm -hmm. the applicant is providing uh, parking that, that's meeting requirements.
the top one. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah, Can you can you speak closer to the microphone? I'm sorry. Um, so it is a 1941 home, and the historic preservation for the area is 22 to 35, right? Something like that. Approximately So on the uh, right side are yeah. the design criteria for residential structures within this historic overlay and the uh, in conjunction with uh, the city's uh, historic resource consultant HRG. Uh, these are the design criteria identified in the Simpson Track historic guidelines and the staff report goes into each in a little more detail as to how this project, uh, how these standards are applicable to this project. So like setback, height, things, all of those things are... Yes, all the, the, about, this project yeah. uh, practically Character. Uh, is consistent with all of these uh, design criteria and development standards. Can we ask the architects again? How do, is it possible? To, how, do, how does that work? You need to reopen the, the public meeting, but okay. yes, you're, feel, you're free to ask questions. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'd like to reopen the public comment portion and ask the architects some questions. I just want to add that yes, the reason sorry. we have to speak into the microphones is because we are recording this for public viewing if necessary, just so everybody knows context of why it's so important. Yeah. Would, would you be able to provide us with more um, renderings of, of the, and you did mention also the hipped roofs and the windows on the one side maybe some yeah can we uh, pull up the elevations yeah. again real quick thanks so i believe the recommendation if you're looking at the east elevation in the upper left hand corner yeah uh, this is going to be from the side of the property so that's the driveway side yes yes okay where the proposed new uh, garage is going to be so you can see the garage door there mm -hmm. so uh the building to the right is where the former existing garage was and that is, of course, demolished in this elevation. So what you're seeing is the exterior wall of the existing house. So it's going to be essentially a newly exposed exterior wall. Uh, and so it's bare now in the floor plan. And uh, the, the proposal is for a laundry room there. And in the kitchen. So there would be the possibility of adding some windows there. Uh, if the property owner is interested in doing that, that could be a possibility. So that's something we could discuss with them. Uh, and then, uh, like I mentioned, we, uh, a hipped roof is a possibility too. So that's something else that we can talk about. And so that would primarily affect the north elevation and the south elevation. Basically just uh, trying to cut down on how much roof there is that's visible. Uh, and so it would be, a relatively minor adjustment, but a minor adjustment that that you know could make a difference on, on the view. Mm -hmm. Since it's in a historic district, it would 
I think it would be helpful. Um, it will be one of the larger, I think uh, one of the newest larger buildings. We certainly need housing in the city, so I, I appreciate what they're trying to do. Um, but if they can maybe work it into the character con context of the, of the um, neighborhood, mm -hmm. that would be nice. Uh, did you have any other uh, questions about uh, or oh, the setback I did I was curious about the setback so the, I mean again can, the can, front setback or any of the others uh, the second story setback how far back that is from, from on the, the front lot. right yeah, from okay. the front. so we can we can confirm that uh, yeah and then kind of going back and I don't know if I'm allowed to do this but since you guys were talking about you know mm -hmm. the garage either keeping it or getting rid of it uh, I know that the client has a square footage target, and that's why the second story, which is the mm -hmm. new unit, extends from basically over the top of the new garage to over the ADU. Uh, and so that's one of the design uh, criteria that went into this design, uh, and of course providing the parking. Uh, now if that parking garage in the middle there was eliminated that you see in the east elevation, uh, then essentially to create that second unit, they'd have to squeeze it in between the house and the ADU. Mm -hmm. So um, it could potentially not be a second story building, but they wouldn't hit their square footage that they're trying to, trying to hit, their target, uh, for what size of unit they want. Uh, and then it would still be, you know, a, a long continuous building uh, and so if, if we're looking at the east elevation, it really wouldn't change a whole lot, except, you know, it wouldn't be a two-story structure. Uh, so, but again, you know, the goal for the client is to provide this housing, uh, and, you know, that's in line with city goals, of course, uh, and state goals. Uh, and, you know, we keep going back to having that parking makes a huge difference. And, I mean, we specialize in ADU design throughout Ventura mm -hmm. County. And that's always a huge concern in these neighborhoods is we're adding a lot of housing, but, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Property owners get to build these ADUs without having to provide parking in most cases, but that means, you know, lots of cars along the street. Mm -hmm. So it is, you know, uh, uh, just a, a kind of an over-the-top in our experience that somebody is actually providing not one but two garages for three parking spots for an ADU because most of our clients – are not providing any off-street parking uh, when it comes to designing ADUs. Okay, thank you. Does anyone have questions of the applicant while we have it open? Any more questions? No. Thank you. Of course. I'll close the public comment again. Um, I would propose, well, this is my opinion. Um, can we push this until we have the new drawings with if the applicant is is Staff has a quick update on the setback for that second story volume. It's yeah. approximately 46 feet. Okay. I knew you'd find it. <laughs> yeah, I, well, we're not sure that that, I should have, I have to open public comment again because I have a question. Um, is that possible once you talk to the property owners to provide new drawings, if if that's a possibility. Sorry, you have to, uh, sorry, you have to speak into the mic because they record it. They get to watch us on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. 
if um, if those are if those could be approved with the recommendation that these are things that you would like to see, because then we could proceed because we have pending plans. We would need to get through building and safety. So uh, if you only meet once a month, then we already have a, right. a project. So. Uh, you want to keep it moving. Yeah, I, I don't see that there's, I mean, what you've brought up and, and as yeah. uh, Arturo mentioned, uh, there's something that we feel we can discuss with the property owners and come up with something that would be um, something okay. you, you would be, you would like, but we'd like to keep it moving. So, Steph, would we see those again? So I just wanted to jump yeah, in a little sorry. bit. Yes, thank you. I, I, I appreciate all the comments and questions and, and reopening mm -hmm. your doing the, the right thing to ask the applicant. We are up against a legal issue here. The ADU yeah. is required to be approved within 60 days of um, being deemed complete, and we need to move along to the director's hearing, to be totally honest. So my suggestion to this board, would, or to this committee, would be to um, condition the, the project as you see fit to be able to move it along to director's hearing. And I apologize for okay, not making no, that clear thank, at the no, beginning. That's fine. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, I'm, thank you. That, I think I can close the public comment section now. <laughs> and then we can deliberate and then decide what, what, if that works for everybody with those conditions. So in the, what would be the proposal? The uh, the, with those conditions that um, some articulation with the other buildings within that historic district. So character, some character design, the windows, well, we maybe a hip tree. I don't think we would we would see it again. But city has is city planning will be aware of those comments that we make now. Of that, of that request, and it's it's essentially we're not. And so the HBC can make yeah. uh, recommendations uh, that. Uh, certain changes, ha modifications happen to the project between now and the time it goes to the uh, director at the director's hearing, and the director will see the recommendation from the HPC and, re and review and provide feedback and make a final decision on that project at that time. So, uh, although if tonight, if you all were to make those recommendations, mm -hmm. the community development director would take those very seriously and uh, into consideration when it comes to the uh, director's hearing. Yeah, I'm comfortable doing that. I don't know if everyone else is. So what, how do I say that, essentially? So you'll actually not make the motion since you're the chair today, right. unless you feel that no one else is willing to make a motion. Oh. Um, <laughs> so if that does occur, you are welcome to. Um, but what you can do is make your recommendation of blank, approval or denial, to the, um, to the community development director with the condition that one, the applicant amend the elevation, uh, X, Y, and Z elevations to add windows. You can say they, um, I know you wanted to have them clip the um, roof and make a hipped roof on the secondary, um, second floor front facing roof structure and any additional items that you wanted to add in about context or articulation of, um, of any long facades that don't um, match the character of the neighborhood. I think you just said it. <laughs> Great. So I can say the recommendation, or does someone else have if, to do If it? you feel that no one else is going to jump in, you can, but I would okay. give it an opportunity. I think one of you has to do it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I propose that we...
approve with the condition that you uh, Could you speak a little more closely into the microphone? Sorry. <laughs> um, I would like to make the recommendation that we approve with conditional, um, the condition being that we maybe do something like hip to roof, um, word, sorry. Um, got late. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I know, you know, it's fine. Um, Staff can uh, help Just to assist. add in, yes, perhaps you, you can um, look at the elevations. I know what, if you so choose um, to add additional windows and you can specify which elevation and which floor. I think okay. vice chair should should I just should say it. Okay. No, it's okay. Right. It's no, okay. No, thank you. I think you have the notes in front of you. Yeah, well I scribbled. Uh, so, uh, we'd like to recommend the uh, approval of this project but make the recommendations that the north elevation which faces the street have a hipped roof and the east elevation um, include some windows or features that are character defining that uh, contribute, or not contribute, but um, reflect the neighborhood that they're in. Second. Thanks. Roll call, please. Okay. Me, Member Krieg? Yes. Member Rubrik? Yes. Vice Chair Soriano? Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you. Um, does the committee, oh, does the staff have anything, items to report that would be of interest to the committee members and the public? Nothing at this time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Then I will declare this meeting adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all, you did great. No, you did great. You did great job. It's so